Hello and welcome to Landings with a Flare, the podcast where we supplement and support flight training. This is Captain Teresa. Thank you for joining us for a three-part series where I interview Captain Gemma from Indonesia. In the second section, we will discuss visas that international students would need to receive flight training in the United States. These conversations were recorded in October of 2021 and were the second set of conversations we ever recorded on Clubhouse. As usual, there will be some variation in audio quality. We hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversations. Welcome aboard. Let's shift gears just a little bit. The first thing I want to ask you is for someone who hasn't done any flight training yet, before we go into someone who has, what is your advice for someone who hasn't done any flight training and maybe they want to come to the United States? What do they need to do to prepare for that? What is your advice to them? That's beautiful questions. Number one, if you are a part of the U.S. visa country waiver, you better check it. Then you're good because you can apply for the ESTA and you can do some flight training based on that ESTA. Otherwise, you be ready for applying B1 and B2 visa because for the Part 61, the TSA allows you to do flight training with the B1, B2. That's number one for the consideration. May I slow you down? Let's spell that out so that everyone can write it down. You said the ESTA. Uh, what is that? Can you possibly spell that out? Okay. ESTA Echo Sierra Tango Alpha. That's a visa waiver program for the countries that's approved by the United States to, uh, to enter the States without a visa. That's valid for 90 days. Excellent. E-S-T-A. Echo Sierra Tango Alpha. Beautiful. Okay. And then what were the next ones that you mentioned? For the, for the Part 61 training, less than 12,500 pounds, the TSA can allow you to do a training with the tourist or business visa. That's the B1 and B2 visa. And that's B as in Bravo, right? B1 or B2? Yes, correct. Excellent. Excellent. And how long is that tourist visa again, you said? It's, it's depend on the country. For Indonesia, it's valid for five years. For Malaysia, it's 10 years. So it's, it's really depend on the country. Excellent. Okay, great. And then you can continue on. I just wanted to make sure that that was really clear. So the really great strategy to prepare yourself for the flight training, you have to know that the FAA is really transparent to give you a guidance how to become a pilot. So let's prepare like six months before you reach the United States. Make sure that within this six months, you already know at least 60 to 70 percent about the ground materials of your private pilot instrument commercial. In this case, let's say you are taking private pilot for your initial license, then so many references that you can learn even before you hit the flight school. Okay, so you can go to the King schools and you can go for the Glam. They offer some beautiful videos. It's about $270, $290 maximum. It's about $300. Then they have this computer-based training program. You can learn from that. You can buy the book, especially, or just download it. The FAA offers a free uh, pilot handbook, Aviation Knowledge, the BHAC. You want to learn and read it carefully, one by one. But if you feel overwhelmed with all the books, 
you can start with a very shortcut way. You learn from Glame, from King's Calls, all the ground knowledge video for the private pilot. And just try to do all the tasks and make sure you're 100% ready to do the task before touch United States. Or even you are in the United States. Just don't come to the flight school and expect you're flying every day without knowing all the ground, without knowing the ailerons, the rudder, and any part of the airplane. Just get all the knowledge done before you even reach the airplanes. That, that's really important part. And then I want to just make sure that we've spelled that out for everyone also. Thank you so much. This is really helpful information. So King Schools is the way it sounds, K-I-N-G. Yeah, the, correct. John and Martha King. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And they were really pioneers in videotaping, flight training. I I learned by listening. That's my learning style. And I remember the first time I saw one of their videos, I thought, this is so much easier than reading it in a book because it was my learning style. And then Gleam is spelled G-L-E-I-M. There's some debate about how to pronounce it. Yes. Yeah. Some people might be mad at me right now. Some people (laughs) say Glime. And then ASA is Alpha Sierra Alpha, I think it's oh, Aviation Supply something. Yes. And then there are some other computer-based programs as well and the apps that people can download and that type of thing. But the key is that they use something to prepare for the FAA knowledge test. And then the free book that you mentioned on the FAA's website, the PHAC, is the Pilot's Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge. If you type in FAA publications and manuals, you will see lists and lists of free training materials on their website. Yeah. And um, most important part, you have to know that I think this only in the United States that requires you to have like oral exam session. That's really, really scary for a new pilot because you will be asked, you'll be questioning by the examiner for two and a half hours. The FAA minimum time, it is 90 minutes. So no matter you are genius, you're smart, they will still need you to answer all the questions within 90 minutes period. And it was my experience on my instrument rating. I can answer all the questions by the examiner and, and my oral exam done 90 minutes. And the examiner told me that's the minimum I can give you because that's the FAA requires me to do the minimum oral exam time is about 90 minutes. Oh, I just know it. That's why. Then how to pass the oral exam, make sure you practice talking. Try to explain the aviation to your mom, your dad, your sisters, your brothers, or talk in front of the mirror. You have to be able to build a story about any subject. Let's say you're talking about the aerodynamic. Try to describe and telling a story with a beautiful flow of the narration in front of the mirror. That's the best success key of the oral exam. If you offer prepare for any subject, you know exactly what you're talking about, you can fluently tell the examiner about what they ask. They will really happy and they will cut your conversation and move to the next question. That is a wonderful point as well, because one of the struggles that I used to see when I was instructing for 12 years is students would read all of the material, but they wouldn't practice speaking about it enough. And it's almost like a different part of the brain that's working or something like that. Correct. That is a very good, helpful tip. And I like how you mentioned before that you're using scenarios when you're grilling your students and preparing them as well. That is so important to translate it from what they read in the books and to give scenario-based answers. Yes. Uh, 
the best tricks to do it is just imagine you take your lovely one to fly for the burger in states and what you need to prepare and also do a lot of chair flying because chair flying would really help. What's the meaning of chair flying? So let's say you already fly with the flight instructor one or two times. Then after you come back to home, just sit in the chair, close your eyes, imagine step by step all the procedures, whatever the procedures you read from the pilot operating handbook for any airplane you fly. Just try to simulate it inside your mind. It's like affirmation for your mind. So if you train your subconscious mind to fly, then when you touch a real airplane, you will do it like naturally. So that's the biggest secret of me, how to train my students in the accelerated training. So they fly a lot more in the chair flying than the airplanes. That's a secret. I agree with that so much. I used to have my students practice emergencies on the ground over and over again. It was like an athlete visualizing their athletic performance before they go out and play. I agree with you a lot. So you said that students can get a B1 or a B2 visa if they're training on Part 61. That's the slightly less structured way that a pilot can train in the United States. And then the more structured way is called Part 141. Do you have experience with visas in that area or much knowledge about that? Oh, yeah. Do you mean the 141 visa, you mean? 141, yeah. What other alternatives are there in addition to the ESTA and the B1 and the B2 visa? Okay, so people saying that the Part 61 is the less structures, it, I understand why it's less structures because it gives you so much freedom for the students to arrange the schedule. But in our academy, we don't want to do it. We use the syllabus of Jefferson 141 and we tweak a little bit. The obstacle of 141 is you can jump around the syllabus. You have to follow one by one, step by step. And that sometimes is like obstacle for accelerate flight training. So we try to tweak it. So let's say we don't do the slow flight today. We prefer like a night flights this day because it's a beautiful night. So we do it, but in the proper way. It's not like give you like 100% freedom. You can do whatever you like. No, we, we don't do. We do like a hybrid between 61 and 141. But if you are planning to get a sponsorship, scholarship for 141 school, the visa that you need is the M1 visa. Then the flight school needs to be a service member, can issue you the I-20, that's I and number 20. I-20, they will send you the form. The form name is the M1, it's a mic one. Then based on that M1, you will go to the embassy and get the M1 visa that valid for one year. The sponsor is your flight school. That's excellent. The other term that you mentioned, so that's the M1 visa, Mike 1, and you need the I-20 form. That's I as in India 20. And then the school certification in order to sponsor you is called CVIS, Sierra Echo Victor India Sierra. Is that correct? Correct. Excellent. So that's what pilots can search for on the internet when they're looking for a school. Now, is there also an option of an F-1 visa? F is in Foxtrot? Yes, the Foxtrot 1 visa is for the vocational study. Normally, it's for the university and some school that can issue the F-1 visa. They will be supervised by the government of states. They have to have like a solid syllabus that near to the university. So that F-1 visa will allow you to work as a flight instructor for that school. Excellent. So if someone wants to continue to build hours in the United States, that might be a question that they would ask. They would say, could you hire me after I'm done? 
do you have any more advice on how to how to look into flight training in the United States if you were from another country? Yeah, that's why we need F1 visa, like work together with the flight school. So let's say you get a commercial from our flight academy and you want to get a CFI license from other school that can offer you F1 visa. I think that will work so well as well. So you have to find a school that offer F1 visa for that. Excellent. So maybe you don't need to do all of your training at the school that can offer the F1 visa, but if you do at least maybe the last part, the CFI, or that's the certified flight instructor, the flight instructor rating, then that way, that's how the school is more likely to hire you. If they did at least a little bit of your training, then they know who you are. And they might not guarantee in it that they'll hire you, but they might guarantee to interview you. And by then they know your personality and your attitude and your work ethic. Correct. Yes. Very nice. Okay. Are there any other tips that you can think about someone who's just trying to find a good flight school? What should they search for on the internet or what would be the warning signs that they should stay away from? Do you have any other advice about what makes one school maybe better than another one? Okay, so I got a lot of experience in States, even though I own my flight school, but when I jump into my CFI, um, this is very sad story. So I spent about $20,000 just for my initial CFI. Can you imagine that? $20,000. Because, yeah, that's a lot. I got screwed by the flight instructor. I got screwed by the examiner as well. So... I got one examiner, he's really famous, that he always screw the students, uh, find a way to fail the students for any stupid reason, just for like maybe 0.1 mistype in the logbook and they cancel the, the check right and they took your money, something like that. So I traveled from West Coast to East Coast, right, from California to Florida and coming back to California just to finish my CFI. It's really hard to tell if you take a look to the website, everything looks so beautiful in the website, but not when you jump into school until you know you meet with the young flight instructors, just want to gain hours as a flight instructors. And finally, after you, maybe if you're taking the private pilot, you're flying with him, he released you for the solo, the first solo, that's beautiful. And maybe now you have like 25 hours with you and suddenly the airline calls him. And what he will do is, he will talk with you. Hey, you will fly with my friend. I have to say goodbye to you. Wish me luck. I'm going for the airline. Boom. And tomorrow you'll fly with the other flight instructor. And flight instructor thinks that you are not really good. You have to add some hours. They just drain your money because he just want to fly and fly and fly for catching 1,500 hours. And boom, off you go. He will go for the airlines again. That's happened over and over and over again. That's why you have to know who is the owner. You have to know who will be the instructor. Will he be dedicated for you until the graduation day? That's a really matter. Otherwise, you will just waste the money. That is so relatable. I was relating to what you said more than you even know. And I bet a lot of people here were just shaking their heads because they could relate to what you were saying. Not every flight school is ethical. Not every flight instructor is good. We all know that when we go and study at a college or even lower level classes, we know that there can be a wonderful subject, but a terrible teacher, and they can take away our joy. Or there can be a difficult subject and a wonderful teacher, and they can inspire us and teach us so much. Every flight instructor has a certificate or a license, 
but it's almost like how doctors all have the same licensing too, but some have a wonderful manner with patients and others are terrible. And to be honest, when people aren't good, then that often tempts them to take shortcuts and to try to hide it. So you are so correct that people should do their research. I could not agree more. Correct. Yeah. And then you need, you need luck as well. So I believe in the good deeds. You do a lot of good deeds, you will get a good things to happen in your flight training. The thing about the flight training is the most important part, your flight instructor must be confident at you. They have to supporting you. And finally, you will go for the examiner only if they give you a chance by endorsing you. So that's matter. So no matter what instructor said, the most important part is the day he will endorse you. And the most important part as well is the examiner and the instructor must know each other. So when you come to the flight instructor, you will ask them, who will be my examiner? Okay, and if the flight instructor, they never work with the some examiners, they don't know each other very well. So it's really rare for all the students will have a smooth journey with this flight instructor. That is a really good question. Another screening question that I always liked was to say, ask their instructor how many students they've trained that have passed their ratings and what was that pass rate. So if the instructor says, well, maybe just one or two, it doesn't mean that they're bad, but you do need to be aware that now they're at least inexperienced and maybe they should have the guidance of a more experienced instructor. But you can tell a lot by how they answer that question. This is Captain Teresa with a post-episode debriefing. As usual, we placed links in the podcast show notes to many of the resources that we discussed in the episode. I also did some additional research. It turns out that the name G-L-E-I-M is pronounced Glime. I ended up calling the company and asking. If you hear us making other errors, please feel free to reach out even after the episodes have been released, and we will do our best to correct the errors. There were many reasons that this episode may have been edited, including length, audio quality, and accuracy. I ask you to view this as entertainment and not as a replacement for formal instruction or advice. Feel free to contact us through our website, landingswithaflare.com. You can view announcements on our Instagram account, landingswithaflare. You can also join our live conversations on Clubhouse in the Club Pilot Flight Training. If you got value out of this podcast, please consider subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a positive review. Wherever you are in the world, we wish you happy landings.